Our New Testament passage today picks up in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. Paul said, now concerning the times and the seasons, he said, you have no need to have anything written to you. He said, you're, they're wanting to know about the future. They're wanting to know about what's going on in this world right now. We want to know what's going on. He said, you have no need for anything to be written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware, okay? He said, you're, you're well taught. He said, you are fully aware that the day of the Lord, that's that eschatological term of the return of Christ, will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you, notice this, are all children of the light, children of the day. We are not of the night or the darkness. Now notice the phrase all. Every member of the church was a child of the light. Every member of the church was a child of the day. So this is who they are. Who they are in Christ. In Christ, we are children of the light. We are children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Notice we now. He said, listen, I'm part of this with you. We're, we're people of the day. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. All right, so in times of darkness. He said, like we're in right now, in a season when darkness reigns. In times of darkness, there are many who sleep. Wow. Uh, you, you just, you, you need to just think about this for a bit. There are many believers right now that are spiritually sleeping in the middle of this season of darkness. There are many believers right now who are getting drunk. They're out drinking in this season of darkness. Things they would have never done before, they're doing now in the season of darkness. He said, but you know what? It doesn't matter what's going on around us in the times and seasons. We belong to the day. That's what we belong to. So you need to keep a little list about belonging. We belong to the day. Let us be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love. Okay, so here's a second breastplate. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. We've been talking about that a lot in the services on the weekend. For God has not destined us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. What is our destiny? Our destiny does not equal wrath. You don't need to be afraid of the judgment of God. Okay. Our destiny is salvation. Now just meditate on that for a minute. My destiny is salvation. I am saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. Okay? My destiny is salvation. To obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Now, I don't even dare start to open that passage up. 
Therefore, encourage one another. Build one another up just as you are doing. This is how we treat each other. You know, are you trying to help somebody? Or are you trying to tear somebody down? We're not the destroyers. We're the encouragers and the builders. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Wow. This is attitude. Get my pen to work, though I've been changing lots of things. Attitudes toward leaders. Now, look at this attitude towards leaders. You are to respect them. Why? Because they are over you in the Lord. They're not over you in business. They're not over you in, in your marriage or your family. They're over you in the Lord. And he said, they admonish you. That means they correct you. So he said, you know, you need to respect them. They're going to correct you. And you need to esteem. So we respect and we esteem them highly in love. Why? Because of their work. You don't respect us because of who we are. You respect us because of our work. Now, you need to get a hold of that. In our pulpit at COP, we have people who are white who preach, me. We have people who are Chinese who preach. We have people who are black who preach. I mean, we have people who are brown who preach. I mean, please, you don't look at people and choose to respect them because of the color of their skin. You respect them because of their work. We have people that are men. We have people that are women. We respect them because of their work. We have people who are rich. We have people who are poor. But we respect them because of their work. Now, you have to understand that this, this high esteem is not given for any other reason but because of the work they do, because of their work. Now, it did not say their laziness, okay? It did not say they're sitting around watching Eat Bulaga because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idol, that means correct the idol, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all. Four key words there. Admonish. You, you, you correct people that are sitting around doing nothing. Okay, you admonish the lazy. Whether it's a lazy preacher, whether it's a lazy connect group leader, whether it's a lazy church member, whether it's a lazy young person. We admonish the idol. We encourage the faint-hearted. There are people who get scared. And, and you, you, don't, you don't correct the scared. Okay? You correct the, the lazy, the idle, but you encourage the scared. Ah, there's a difference here. You do different things with different people. When people are scared, you encourage them. You help the weak. You don't correct the weak. You help the weak. Be patient with them all. <laughs> all right, so whether they're idle, whether they're faint-hearted, or whether they're weak, we are patient 
with them all. Oh, hey. That's a hard one. Now he continues. Rejoice always. Okay. Not, not once in a while. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Now, people always say, Pastor, how do we do that? You just keep your heart open. Prayer is not talking. Sometimes prayer is listening. You just always keep a heart in communication with God. Give thanks in all circumstances. Hey, it could be a lot worse. Look at what God has done for you. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So in There's another one of those in Christ. Okay. God's will. And what is God's will? You give thanks in all circumstances. Now, brothers and sisters, we've all been through hard times. We've all lived through, where am I going to get food for tomorrow? We've lived through those days before. And some of you are living through those days right now. He will never fail you. He will never forsake you. If the food on your table right now looks a little meager, you've got some mongo beans and rice, and that's all you've got, give thanks. If on your table tonight you have a buffet spread, give thanks. In all circumstances, give thanks. Do not quench the Spirit. Don't pour water on the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't stop the Spirit moving. Do not despise prophecies. Okay, I know there's a lot of weird stuff out there, but there's a lot of good stuff out there too. But test everything. Hold fast to what is good. So, all right, these two verses go together about how to respond to prophecy. We don't despise one. We test everything and we hold fast to what is good. Eat the meat and leave the bones. Abstain from every form of evil. I like that. If it's evil, I abstain. <laughs> I just, no thank you. I don't participate in it. I'm not around it. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. I like that. And make your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So notice tripartite. Tripartite creation. Body, soul, and spirit. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. <laughs> I like that. That's a verse some of you need to get a hold of. Every promise of God, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Maybe that's one of those verses that you need to put on the screensaver. Maybe have some rotating screensavers. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. I like that. Brothers, pray for us. Paul always wanted people to pray for him. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I have no idea what that means. Don't ask me. Okay. <laughs> I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. So Paul put you under oath. Paul said, I want you to promise me you'll do this. 
He said, I don't want you just to keep this private. I want you to share this with all the brothers. This is this is for all the members of the church there in Thessalonica. He said, so I put you under oath. I made you promise. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. What a beautiful thought. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship.
Our Old Testament passage today begins in Jeremiah chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. You shall not take a wife or have sons or daughters in this place. I remember he is a young man. This is not an old prophet. This is not even a middle-aged prophet. Some scholars have him around 16 to 18 years old when a lot of this is done. For thus says the Lord concerning the sons and daughters who are born in this place and concerning the mothers who bore them and the fathers who fathered them in this land. They shall die of deadly diseases. They shall not be lamented, nor shall they be buried. They shall be as dung on the surface of the ground. They shall perish by the sword and by famine, and their dead bodies shall be food for the birds of the air and beasts of the field. For thus says the Lord, Do not enter the house of the morning, or go to lament or grieve for them. For I have taken away my peace from this people, my steadfast love and mercy, declares the Lord. All right. In my Bibles, I always write scary. I never want to be at a place where God would take away his peace, his steadfast love, and his mercy. Both great and small shall die in this land. They shall not be married, and no one shall lament for them or cut himself or make himself bald for them. No one shall beg bread for the mourner to comfort him for the dead, and nor shall anyone give him a cup of consolation to drink for his father or mother. You shall not go into the house of feasting to sit, to eat or drink. So, all right, we don't break bread with the mourner. And he said, you don't go into the house of feasting. You don't go into the house of, of mourning. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will silence in this place. Before your eyes and in your days, the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. And when you tell this people all these words and they say to you, why has the Lord pronounced all this great evil against us? What is our iniquity? What is the sin we have committed against the Lord our God? Then you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, declares the Lord, and have gone after gods and have served and worshiped them and have forsaken me and have not kept my law. And because you have done worse than your fathers, for behold, every one of you follows his own stubborn evil will, refusing to listen to me. Now, now, brothers and sisters, this is a bad place to be. And I've, I've watched Christians get into this place where they follow their own stubborn evil will, refusing to listen. Therefore, I will hurl you out of this land into a land that neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods day and night, for I will show you no favor. This is a scary place to be. For behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, the Lord, as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the north country and out of the countries where he had driven them, for he will bring them back to the land, for I will bring them back to the land that I gave to their fathers. Here's mercy. Here's the future. Behold, I am sending for many fishers, declares the Lord, and they shall catch them. And afterwards I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt for them on every mountain and every hill and out of the clefts of the rock. For my eyes are on all of their ways. Wow. They are not hidden from me nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. Never think that God doesn't see. But first, I will doubly repay their iniquity and their sin, because they polluted my land 
with the carcasses of their detestable idols, and have filled my inheritance with abominations. O Lord, my strength and my stronghold, my refuge in the day of trouble, to you shall the nations come from the ends of the earth and say, Our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, worthless things in which there is no profit. Can a man make for himself gods? Such are not gods. Therefore, behold, I will make them know. This once I will make them know my power and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Chapter 17, verse 1. The sin of Judah is written in a pen of iron with a point of a diamond, and it is engraved on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of their altars. While their children remember their altars and their ashram beside every green tree and on the high hills, on the mountains and the open country, your wealth and all your treasures I will give for spoil as the price of your high places of sin throughout your territory. All right, so there's a loss of wealth. He said, you get into idolatry, you're going to lose your wealth. God says, I'll give it to somebody else. You shall loosen your hand from your heritage that I gave to you, and I will make you serve your enemies in the land that you do not know. For in my anger a fire is kindled that shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now, wow. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and not in God, who makes flesh his strength and not God his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Beloved, please, let us, let us never go down this path. He is like a shrub in a desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in the uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, <laughs> whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Wow, let's just double highlight that. Oh, in all of this judgment because of their sin, God said, now let me tell you about a blessed man. That's who we want to be, beloved. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by the water, sends out its roots by the stream, and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious in the year of drought. We're not anxious in the year of COVID-19, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? That's something to remember. It's part of the sinful nature Paul's been talking about in Romans. I, the Lord, search the heart. And I test the mind to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Like a partridge that gathered the brood that she did not hatch, so is he who gets riches, but not by justice. In the midst of his days, they will leave him, and at his end, he will be a fool. All right. So wealth. gained by corruption. Wealth gained by corruption in the midst of his days 
It's lost during midlife. And that at the end of his life, you end in poverty. The source of our wealth is important. A glorious throne set on high from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the God of Israel, all who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will shall be written in the earth. For they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. Ah, there's a great title of God. Add these to your lists. The fountain of living water. I like that. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Who is God to us? He's my praise. Behold, they say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come. I have not run away from being your shepherd. Nor have I desired the day of sickness. You know what came out of my lips. It was before your face. Jeremiah says, in spite of everything they've done to me, I have not run away from being your shepherd. Now, pastors, you need to get a hold of that verse. As pastors, there's going to be sometimes the wonderful people of God mistreat you very badly. You never run away from being a shepherd. Do not be a terror to me, for you are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let those be put to shame who persecute me. All right. Let them, let me not be put to shame. Let them be dismayed. Let me not be dismayed. Bring on them the, the day of disaster. Destroy them with double destruction. All right. those who persecute spiritual leaders. Let them be put to shame, not the leader put to shame. Let them be dismayed, not the leader dismayed. Bring on them double destruction. Wow. Now, again, this is not a man who is trying to cover up his sin. Jeremiah was being persecuted because he preached truth to the people. Not meanness, not harshness, not nastiness, but the truth to an unrepentant people. So this is not a man trying to escape his sin. Then the Lord said to me, Go and stand in the people's gates, by which the kings of Judah enter, and by which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings and all Judea, all Judea, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem who enter by these gates. Thus says the Lord, take care for the sake of your lives and do not bear a burden on the Sabbath day or bring it into the gates of Jerusalem. Okay, honor the Sabbath. This, this is God warning the people, calling them to repentance. Yet they would not listen or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck that they might not hear or receive instruction. All right, so people just get stubborn. They won't listen and they won't receive. But if you listen to me, declares the Lord, and bring in no burden in the gates of the city on Sabbath day, but keep the Sabbath day holy and do no work on it, then there shall enter by the gates of the city kings and princes who will sit on the throne of David, riding in chariots and horses, and they and their officials and the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall be inhabited forever." He said, all you got to do is just honor the Sabbath. Now, isn't it interesting? With all of their other sin, God said, honor the Sabbath, and this can all end. 
Just, just do one thing for me. Honor the Sabbath. And the people shall come in from the cities of Judah and the places around Jerusalem from the land of Benjamin and from the Shephelah, from the hill country and from the Negev, bringing in burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense and frankincense, and bringing thank offerings to the house of the Lord. But if you do not listen to me to keep the Sabbath day holy and not to bear a burden and not to enter the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates and it shall devour. The palaces in Jerusalem shall not be quenched. Now, isn't that interesting? God said, listen, would you just do one thing for me? Israel, I mean, with all these other sins that you're involved in, would you just, let's start with one thing. This is mercy. He just asked one thing. Just one thing. He said, if you just do this one thing, Sometimes when your life is a total disaster and God begins to speak to you, God asks you to change in one area. He said, this is one thing. I'm asking this one thing. And mercy will flow. Now, he'll ask more changes later, yes, but he'll start by asking one thing. Just to show that you're not going to be stubborn. Just to show that you want to, you want to do what he says. If God is doing that with you right now, Please, do that one thing he asked. Now, he'll ask more later, but do that one thing he's asking you and watch mercy begin to flow to your life. Okay, that finishes up morning devotions. We'll see you tonight in the service.